Welcome to Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle, the only podcast where you'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made more money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more, go to writeyourbookinaflash.com. We all have messages we want to share with people. And sometimes we think that the best way to do it is just by telling people exactly what to do and how to do it. But you know, that may not be the best way because people act on stories. They want to know why they're doing something. And the way to do that is to write a business fable book. And today you're going to learn how to write those kinds of business fable books to build your business and get your message across. Hi, I'm Dan Janelle. I'm a book coach, developmental editor, and ghostwriter. And no matter where you are in the writing process, I can help you. Check out our information and our free resources at writeyourbookinaflash.com. Now, let's get started. Our guest today is Don King, the author of The Way of the Three-Year-Old Why. Did I say that correctly? Is that the way? Okay. Way of the Three-Year-Old Why. That's okay. correct. And it's not going to be published until the end of September, early October. That's when this will appear. Okay. Yeah. Great. Our guest today is Don King, the author of Way of the Three-Year-Old Why, a fable book that I'm sure you're going to want to know more about and the values that it espoused. Welcome, Don. Thank you, Dan. It's a pleasure to be on here with you to talk about writing. Great. You know, why did you decide to write this book in the first place? Well, and that's a good question. It it was a way for me to get back to the things that are most important to me. I have figured out that uh, writing really is core to who I am. I had about a 10-year period where I wasn't writing because of challenges with my daughter, which we'll talk about in just a bit. But um, I thought that I wasn't writing because I was depressed. I figured out that I was depressed because I wasn't writing. And as I thought about what's most important to me, I realized, you know, we've just come through this pandemic thing. Uh, we've heard of the great resignation. I don't think it's the great resignation. I think it's the great reassessment as people figured out life is short. You don't want to waste it doing things that don't matter. Some of them quit. Some of them started businesses. Some of them recommitted to what they'd been doing. They realized that it really was important to them. So I wrote Way of the Three-Year-Old Why as a way of helping people figure out what truly matters to them and to do it through the process of a story. As you mentioned in starting out, humans have always made sense of their experience through storytelling. And so story is our best way of making sense of things. Fantastic. Let's dive deeper. I started, uh, as I told you before, I started as a writer over 50 years ago, but most of what I have written has been short form. Mm -hmm. Um, And the last book I wrote was like 15 years ago. So the whole industry has changed since then. Sure has. Mm -hmm. Um, For many of those years, probably the last 20 years, I thought of myself as uh, more of a speaker 
than a writer. So like, you know, I was a speaker who writes, I was writing blog posts for content marketing, that sort of thing. So I'm shifting back to my first love of being a writer who speaks. And so why, you know, why the writing thing? What, what I have remembered is uh, being able to put your ideas into writing. You focus them far more yourself. You know, it, it truly makes you more of an expert because you, you have to, in order to put it in writing, you have to think through it. And the, the whole process of working with a developmental editor, um, they're, they're going to ask you questions, you know, where you're going to sharpen things up. You don't realize the things that you're being fuzzy on. And does that sound helpful? Uh, yeah, that really does. In fact, I, uh, I'm working on a book now with a chapter on uh, tax advantages for life insurance policies. And oh, what wow. the author gave me was like the tip of the iceberg. And I had to do some research. And it's like, oh, man, this is like, how does this affect your Roth IRA? And should you do this instead? And what about this tax liability? And it's like, you could go long and deep or shallow, all depending on what the author really wants to make to accomplish. But yeah, a developmental editor will definitely uh, take it to the next level, whereas the author, they know what they know. They know what they don't know what they don't know. Right, right. Well, and, and let me ask you this. Uh, another thing that would be helpful, I think, to most clients, knowing it and being able to put it in a form that is engaging to a reader are two different things. You know, you're not just putting information out there. If it's just information there's this little thing called the internet that, you know, <laughs> why, why should I buy the book? If it's just for the information, you're getting a particular point of view, you're getting experience, you're, you're getting a unique filtering that you don't get just from going out on the internet and searching it. So is that accurate in terms of what you're doing with helping with the writing? It's not just, here's the information about Roth IRAs. Here's how to make Roth IRAs not make you go, God, shoot me now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. In in fact, that pretty much uh, was the story about how I worked on my first business fable book with a doctor who was writing a book about telemedicine. This is before COVID, before anyone knew what telemedicine really was. So he sent me an outline of, you know, what telemedicine is and all the ramifications, the pros and cons, things to watch out for. I mean, a nice three-page document. But of course, it was a new thing. So I went on the internet to look and see what was out there to learn more about it. And sure enough, I found variations on his theme, on his outline. And I said, you know, if we put this into a book, there's no real benefit because you can find any of this stuff online. So he said, you know, what can we do? And I said, well, why don't we turn this into a business fable? Why don't we start off with a character who lost her health insurance and now she has to find a new provider and she's learning all about these telemedicine advantages and disadvantages and she said hey that's great and because you know there's a natural enemy with medicine there's the big bad insurance company that denies all your claims (laughs) so we built that and it turned into a lot of fun and how he monetized that was as an expert witness in telemedicine cases okay so It's one thing to have a book to get new clients, which is what many people do. It's another thing to build your credibility so that you're the person selected in an expert witness case or some other scenario. So Mm -hmm. that really worked out well. Yeah, yeah. 
that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, I'm, my contention is no matter what it is that you're trying to, I, I don't know that I'd put it like this if we were live, you know, but if you're trying to persuade somebody, people don't make decisions based on logic. They make decisions based on emotion. They justify decisions based on logic. So you have to have good, solid information, but that emotional component that good writing can bring to it is what leads people to do something at the root of the word emotion is the word motion. Mm. There is no motion without emotion. Okay. So, um, you know, where the tie in then could be on, you know, why I'm coming back to this book, the whole idea of the way of the three-year-old why is figuring out what's important to you. And we're doing that through telling Dan Roberts' story. So, Don, tell me about your book. Uh, why did you write it? And uh, how? what rules or tips do you have for writing a business fable to get that emotion into your book? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the first things that I would say uh, about business fables in particular, uh, and I'll go with that first, and we'll come back to why did I write the book. Um, one of the first things that I would say about that is people have a tendency to start with the principles or the ideas that they want to get across. And then they just kind of layer a story on top of it. The result of that can be kind of preachy. And Mm. I don't think that's as effective as just writing a straight out information book. Uh, You take a book like um, uh, the go giver or said the lady with the blue hair, whatever, uh, any of these, business fables of who moved my cheese uh richest man in babylon all of these kind of business fables they're just good stories to begin with Mm. and so the story has to be engaging in order for it to be something better than just putting out a straight information book like with way of the three-year-old why i've got five look fors that we talk about how to figure out what it is that is truly important to you. Now, we could just list those out. Uh, It would be perfectly fine like that. But by putting a story with it, you start to care about the characters. Uh, You want to know what happens next. Uh, I decided to write this one with a bit of a mystery character, the wise mentor. We're not quite sure who she is. So there's a reveal, you know, at some point. And I've heard from early readers that they were taken by surprise for it. So, you know, that that's that's engaging. And I believe then that it makes it so that the principles will be more memorable that way and therefore will be more useful to the reader. Does that make sense? Yeah. So uh, I guess in the chicken, which comes first, the chicken or the egg, uh, you'd say that the principles come first. That's the underlying structure of the book. Then how do we make it sound interesting and fascinating so that people really care? You know, I always refer back to that great philosopher, Mary Poppins, who said a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. Yep. And the, the, the medicine, of course, are your three rules or the 10 principles or, you know, the meat that we want people to follow and the action we want them to take. But the stories uh, is the sugar that says, oh, now I get it. Now I realize why this is important and I want to do this, too. So my team will succeed or I will improve or life will, will become good. So it's a marriage of those two. And you have to find the right story. And of course, we know there's the hero story. There's, you know, <laughs> all oh, yeah. sorts of different 
formats for stories. So you can pick the, uh, I think Aristotle said there are only seven stories. <laughs> yeah, and it depends on who you're reading. I've got a book over here that has 25 basic plots, you know. Uh, but they, they all work out to be the human interest, uh, the, the connection, people mm-hmm. that we care about. Uh, it, it's, it is kind of a chicken or egg question. I tend to think when the writing starts, start with a good story. You know, and of course, the idea of whatever the plot is, I can't remember who it was that said it. I do remember he said it in 1897. Um, <laughs> the way that you do a story that people care about is you take a character, you get him up a tree, and then you throw rocks at him. You know, and, <laughs> in other words, there's something at stake. There's something that people care about the outcome. So I would start with the principles. But then immediately go, okay, who, who's the characters here? What's the story? What's the challenge? What's at stake? What does the, the lead character have to lose? And mm-hmm. then how will my principles help that character manage that situation? Because the people well, who are reading our books, they have challenges. They have problems they're trying to solve. Mm-hmm. Very well put. Uh, I'm curious. Um, going back to the initial question of why you wrote the book, what did you want the book to do for you? Because I'm sure that the principles and the story then relate to that main overall umbrella of like, here's what I want this book to do for me. Otherwise, why am I writing the book? So exactly, how, did, exactly. how did that start? Tell us about that process. Well, and I have to be honest, I started out, uh, as we said earlier, uh, 50 years, over 50 years ago, I started out as a writer. So I learned really early in the newspaper business, there were two kinds of people. There were people who loved the language, loved putting words together. And to them, doing research was just a necessary thing they had to do in order to be able to write about it. And then there were people who liked to find out stuff, investigative reporters, people like that. For them, the writing was the necessity. What they really wanted to do was to investigate. Mm-hmm. And I very quickly figured out I was that first kind. I love putting words together. Whether that's a good thing or not, I don't know. I could have been one of those people who said, I'll write anything. I'll speak about anything. And we know from a business standpoint that that's not good. You need to focus. Mm-hmm. So what I've done for years is the confidence cultivator. I, I work with professionals and leaders who want to communicate confidently so they can gain impact and increase their business and build their careers and all that sort of thing. So where the book fits into that, the idea of the three-year-old why, uh, I've got a podcast of my own, uh, which is called The Alignment Show. And the tagline for that is live your values to value your life. Mm. And I've realized that's everything that I've done for the last several years. I enjoy speaking. I enjoy writing. But honestly, I get more of a charge out of helping other people to discover their unique message and figure out how to communicate it effectively. So that's where the idea of the book fits in. Now, what led me to write? This is personal, Dan, okay, but this is the context in which it occurred. Uh, We have a severely disabled daughter, and she messes with my schedule a lot. As you can imagine, it got to be hard for me to do speaking gigs. 
because it couldn't be dependable. I never knew when she would wind up in the hospital. She's been hospitalized 35 times in her life. Mm. And, and so I thought I had about a 10 year spell there where I wasn't doing much writing. And I thought that I wasn't writing because I was depressed. I can't tell you what got me started on writing this book for sure. It was part of uh, connecting with people like Jeff West. But I started fiddling with it. And to make a longer story shorter, what I figured out is it wasn't that I was not writing because I was depressed. I was depressed because I wasn't writing. Mm -hmm. Writing Mm -hmm. is my thing. And so as we talk about, I'm pointing the wrong places, we talk about figuring <laughs> out what's important to you. What are your values? And that's all values means, you know, it's what, what is important to you. That's what I need to be doing. I need to be writing. Now, I'm not suggesting that this is the cure for everybody out there who deals with depression. Okay. Certainly not that writing is the cure. For some people, writing is a real chore. And that's where people like you come in to to help people get their message across effectively. Um, But I think creativity is just a part of what it is to be human. There are creative plumbers. There are creative, uh, uh, you know, whatever you want to name, problem solving. There's something that makes your heart sing. I figured out that writing is what makes my heart sing. But I'm not writing a book about writing. It just all fits into that whole thing of being the confidence cultivator. I think you have your greatest confidence when you are communicating the things that are most important to you. And everything I do seems to fit into that. Great. I love that. There are a couple of great uh, takeaways as well from there. Um, I know that a lot of people write memoirs as a way of dealing with their demons or their history or their angst or just to overcome their issues. And they may not care if anyone ever reads that or they may writing it. They may write it because they think will inspire other people to, if I did this, then you can too, which is really cool. And a lot of speakers do that. Another point about creativity. Yeah. One of my early clients owned a multi-million dollar HVAC company in Ohio mm-hmm. and you know, heating, ventilating, air conditioning. So he he was a scientist, really. I mean, he he'd go into this home and figure out, like, oh, this 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 off the shelf piece of equipment won't work in this home that's too old. We're going to have to do this, that, or the other thing, and use the creativity. And he used his creativity to to basically build a multi million dollar business. And he wanted to write a book to help other HVAC people build their businesses because they're really really smart. Technically, they're scientists. You know, there's electricity, there's water, there's pressure, there's fuel. You can get killed. You got to be good at this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but to run a business, hiring, firing, collecting, you know, it's a whole different skill set. <laughs> so, yeah, and that, that's why he used me or, or we worked together to uh, to write that book. So it really oh, worked that, out. That makes a lot of sense. In fact, it occurs to me, people a lot of times will think of business as not being creative, but it absolutely is. Um, I was privileged earlier in my life. Uh, I worked in the headquarters of Walmart stores, not just working at a store, but oh. at their headquarters. Mm-hmm. Um, I was privileged to be part of the advertising effort that launched the first five Sam's Wholesale Clubs. Wow. And at the time, uh, Sam Walton was still alive. I, I'm I'm not saying I was big buddies with him, but I had the opportunity to talk to him on five or six different occasions. 
and it impressed me for one thing he lived in a house that would fit in any suburban neighborhood he was not impressed by flash okay mm -hmm. um his office was slightly bigger than everybody else's but that's because they used it as a conference room all the time and he told me one time at the time he was the richest man in i think in the world but certainly in america Mm -hmm. And he told me one time that as far as he was concerned, money was just a good way of keeping score. He figured if they were making money, they were serving people's needs. If they weren't mm -hmm. making money, then he took a step back to see where are we failing to take care of people. But he didn't seem to care about the money itself. Now, you know, where that fits in with what we're talking about right here, the value for him, I think, was not the making money. It truly was in serving. When he served and when his companies served, then it's as Bob Berg talks about, it's like the thunder to the lightning. Hmm. Okay, it's the effect from something else. So bringing that back into the, the writing a book, I mean, if you can pull your stuff together and put it in book form and not just share the information, I mean, bring yourself to it. Uh, you have a unique perspective. You have unique experience. You have a unique set of opinions. Support those opinions, certainly. Tell your story, whether you're doing a fable about somebody else or whether it's your own story. That's the one thing people can't just go look up on the internet. The The mm -hmm. most important factor in that is you and what you bring to it. And then to bring somebody like a Dan, and I hope I'm saying your last name correct, <laughs> Janelle. Really good. That's really close. Okay. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure. I've seen it in print and I thought, okay, I'm not sure I know how to pronounce it. Uh, that, that's where Adan Janelle comes into it to say, okay, I've got the core of your message here. Let me help you to put it in a form that's going to make not just communicate information, that's going to make an impact on people. My contention is in speaking in particular, it's not about getting the words right. It's about giving the words impact. Now, when you have it in set form like writing is, then you got to get the words right, too. But the main thing is to give the words impact. Otherwise, why should anybody even read it? Very good. Let me ask you two more questions uh, mm -hmm. as we wrap up here. Number one, I'm curious from a technical writing point of view, if it's your story that you're telling people and it's a business fable, do you use your name and I as the uh, mm -hmm. person? Are you the hero of the story? Are you the mentor of the story? Or do you make it completely about fictional characters Okay, good question. Um, viewpoint, as you know, is always a question that you ask because if if you're writing, let's just say you're writing a piece of fiction. We're not even talking about a business fable here. If you're writing in first person, you have a limited point of view, but then you can also uh, get a different kind of emotional punch. With Way of the Three-Year-Old Why, I'm very clear the, the uh, not the foreword, uh, copyright page, you know, where you have all the stuff about uh, uh, disclaimers and that. Right, story. right. Yeah. Okay. We're very clear. This is not an autobiographical book. At the same time, I drew on our personal experiences a lot. So I used some of the stuff, like, for instance, the stuff about the disabled daughter. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, Dan Roberts has a disabled daughter. Dan never, or I never had a mysterious mentor like Dan does. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dan's wife has certain physical challenges. So does my wife. But Mm -hmm. the things that are going on with her are very different than what's happening with my wife. So one of the things with a business fable, I think, is that that blend. Um, I think with the go-giver, just to take another example that you and I both know about, the characters in the go-giver were based on real people. Mm -hmm. But uh, John David Mann and Bob Berg were not trying simply to replicate their stories. And so you can go, you can go either way with it. Um, drawing a blank on the name of, let's see, Top of Heart. Oh, this is somebody else who's in our community. He just released a book where he tells his own story about having been um, ultimately a crack addict hmm. and how he got past that. So the first half of the book is the background true story, real story kind of stuff. So there's nothing fictionalized about it. But then he takes that and uses that for the second half of the book about here are the principles by which I was able to turn that around and by which you can do something similar. You don't have to be a crack addict first. (laughs) I hope that's not a job requirement. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Sure. Don, uh, as we close up here, let me ask you the final question. Mm -hmm. Who is your ideal client? And how can they get in touch with you? Okay. Ideal client is somebody, probably a middle level manager type. See if I can put this succinctly. A lot of people had a speech class in college and they treated it as just a requirement. I've just got to check that box. Now they've gotten out in the real world and all of a sudden they realize they have to stand up in front of people and make their point. And they don't remember what went on in that speech class. I can work with somebody like that to help them to effectively figure out their message and then communicate that out loud. Fantastic. And what is your website so people can get in touch with you? You can uh, get to me. I'm, I'm reworking my website right now, Dan, which is going to be more focused on my writing. Mm-hmm. But... You can find me at, uh, you can kind of see my email address up here, donaldking.com. Or if it's a little simpler, donking.com. It is with two N's, D-O-N-N-K-I-N-G.com. That's my website. My LinkedIn is also on the screen here. And for audio only people, uh, my full name is D-O-N-N-E-L-L-K-I-N-G. Not too many of us out there on LinkedIn. (laughs) that's probably the best way to connect me if it's okay for me to mention it if you go to donking.com slash brewing it's not that kind of brewing it's about coffee okay but i've got a short story that is available for free it's not just a sample chapter out of this but it is out of the same universe it's sort of like cheese sampling you know before you buy that big hunk of cheese you want to know what it tastes like you can get a sense of my writing from that short story. Great. Thank you so much, John, for this wonderful information. And thanks to everyone for watching and listening to this podcast. We have nearly 200 other episodes on YouTube to help you write your book in a flash. Check them out. Thank you for listening to the Write Your Book in a Flash podcast with Dan Janelle. 
the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. If you're ready to take your next step to write the book that can transform your business, I invite you to schedule a free, no-obligation consulting call with me by going to writeyourbookinaflash.com. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.